Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you want to find out more about our ministry, you can go to www.lifeportoutintl.org. Um, you can go uh, to charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can click on our podcast there. It's streaming through the Charisma Podcast Network. Every Monday and Thursday, there is a new episode. You can get them on Apple Podcasts, the, you know, the Charisma Podcast Network website, um, Google Play, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. And so today is going to be a teaching episode. I'd like to do a few of these a month, you know, mingled in with my interviews that I have with people from around the world that are doing incredible things for the kingdom of heaven. And so I want to I want to get right into this. I like to keep these concise and short just so they could be, you know, you could be driving in the car, you could listen to it. This might wind up being a two part series. I'm not 100 percent sure. But I, I wanted to bring this up, especially right now, because there's so many people hurting in the body of Christ. There's so many people that are confused um, and I believe that this, you know, even before this whole COVID-19 happened and all the issues this year with the racial tension kind of bubbling up to the surface before 2020 even came to pass, this was this was a uh, message that was on my heart that I shared in Bible schools and um, on the mission field and traveling, preaching in churches, doing itinerant ministry um, as the Lord leads me to talk about this subject. And I want to talk to you about inner healing. I had a Marilyn Hickey on not that long ago on my show, and we spoke about breaking generational curses. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, generational weaknesses, which I believe in personally. Um, but I want to I want to get into this a little bit more to kind of talk to you about what is accurate in the body of Christ when it, when it comes to inner healing teaching and, and, and methodology and what isn't accurate. You know, I've been a believer for, oh, I don't even remember, 2008? since 2008. And so I, you know, went to Bible school for three years. I've been all over the world in the mission field, being involved with different ministries, different kinds of organizations, you know, within Christianity. And so I've seen, you know, different ways um, of doing things and a lot of different teachings in regards to inner healing, as well as many different topics in the church. And so um, going to Christ for the Nations Institute, though, I got involved with a couple teachers that were really big on inner healing ministry. And I was, um, I am very grateful to this day because the Lord healed a lot of things in my heart. You know, I come from a past where I thank God I have a really good family life. Um, I was, I was loved, you know, I had a very positive experience growing up. Obviously we all have, you know, things in our life that were hard, but you know, I had a very positive family environment, which I'm very grateful to God for. Um, but there's still things that happen to us in our lives that cause wounds or at least affect our perception of life and people. And so, um, over time, you know, in Bible schools, I spent time with the Lord in his presence, sitting under teaching and moments and inner healing, you know, moments. Um, the Lord brought up things to me in my life that he wanted to deal with personally. He wanted me to give to him so we can come in and he could heal it. And so I believe in inner healing ministry, but I've also bumped into some kind of kooky, weird things that I don't believe are very scriptural at all that I kind of want to tackle here as well. And so let me just get into this. Um, I believe in our healing ministry. I've been exposed to positive and negative methods, like I told you. Um, I think the negative methods would be, you know, repenting for sins that I didn't commit, like my grandfathers or, you know, my 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 father's fathers have committed, and you know, breaking general, you know, generational curses one by one. You know, I had a, I had an inner healing guy one time. I was doing some ministry before I went on the on the on the mission field, and he pretty much made me repeat a prayer after him because I was going to Mozambique, Africa, and there's lots of witch doctors over there. He pretty much made me repeat a prayer after him 
to like protect myself from curses or whatever, just just in case like a witch doctor got like a piece of hair of mine or something. <laughs> it was crazy. And I had to repeat a prayer after him uh, to like block myself from curses or whatever. It was like a weird incantation. Like to me, that's that that's witchcraft. Like that's voodoo, <laughs> you know, like it didn't do anything besides instill fear. And that's not the Lord, you know, um, God is love and perfect love casts out all fear. And there's no reason to have like, you know, a specific prayer to keep a demon away or whatever. We are protected by God. We are children of God. We, we, his presence lives on the inside of us. The blood of Jesus covers us. So we need to walk in that confidence and we need to walk in faith. Yes. Are we subject to things around us, demonic attacks, etc.? Of course we are, but being subjected to, you know, coming in, you know, coming under fear, We'll actually have the opposite reaction. We can subject ourselves to those attacks when we're under fear. We, be, we, we, we become more prone to, you know, come under those attacks. And so, and at the same time, do we need to do certain prayers to keep things away? I don't believe so. We need to walk in the confidence of God. I don't believe that's scriptural. We need to know who we are, whose we are. We need to know what the word of God says, speak the word of God, which is very scriptural, confessing the word of God, and just walking by faith confidently in the Lord in our day-to-day lives, realizing that we are seated above principalities, powers, mights, dominions, every name that is named, that all of these things are beneath us. Demonic spirits are beneath us. Curses, you know, poverty, sickness, all of these things are beneath us and we can be protected as we are like Psalm 91, like we spoke about in one of my previous podcasts, that as we abide in him under the shadow of his wing, we are protected from those, from those pestilences. And so anyway, that being said, I've got a scriptural basis for this. I'm not just going to say what I disagree with. I'm going to give you scripture here on why. And then I'm going to talk to you about some positive things, what inner healing really looks like, and even share some experiences of mine. But why do I believe those methods are particularly wrong? That we got to break generational curses off one by one through some kind of, you know, prayer ritual or why we need to repent of our father's sins. Like I literally had that inner healing guy told me that I needed to repent for the sins of like something that happened in Italy, like a long, long time ago. And it's like, dude, I'm Italian. I don't j- just cause I'm Italian. Doesn't mean I need to repent for something that Italy did to whoever. So I hardly even paid attention to the guy cause it just didn't make sense to me. Okay. And so I believe a lot of that is just, um, off base. And I think a lot of that is spooky and even spiritual voodoo where we feel like what Jesus did wasn't enough. And we need to, you know, and let me let me just say this real quick, and this might be a little bit strong, but Gnosticism was a um, heresy in the time of the church, and we read about it in the Bible. You know about about Gnostics and Gnosticism, and so Gnostics, what they believed were they had you know there were certain people that believed in Jesus, okay, but they didn't believe that he was. Um, a tangible person. They believe that he was in spirit form because they believe that everything in the natural, everything natural is evil. Everything spiritual is good. And Gnostics believe that they held this secret knowledge that the average believer or average person could not attain to. So they had the secret knowledge and they knew exactly the pathway to go down and everyone else didn't have that knowledge. And so I feel like a lot of these weird methods that we have going on in the body of Christ are propagated by people who have a ministry and they are declaring something and saying we need to do things that aren't mapped out in the word of God, number one. And it's like they have the secret knowledge on how to take care of these things. It's a spirit of Gnosticism all over again. Okay. And so we just need to stay scriptural. We need to stay scriptural in all things. And so I'm going to read to you a few scriptures to kind of help bring clarity. 
Ezekiel 18 verses 1 through 4, as well as verse 20. Now, this is the Old Testament, okay? This is before the new covenant was ratified in the blood of Jesus. So Ezekiel 18, 1 through 4, and verse 20. Then the word of the Lord came to me, this is Ezekiel, saying, what do you mean by using this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, the fathers eat the sour grapes, but the children's teeth are set on edge? As I live, declares the Lord God, you are surely not going to use this proverb in Israel anymore. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father, as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins will die. The person who sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. This is an Old Testament scripture, but a foreshadowing of a new covenant reality. Ezekiel had a lot of that in his book. He said many things that were foreshadowings of new covenant realities, even though he was living before Jesus walked the earth. And so this is as clear as day that my Italian forefathers, I'm not responsible for their sins, just going totally against what this inner healing supposed minister told me. Um, And then it's just as clear as day here that the father will not be responsible for the son's sins. The sons will not be responsible for their father's sins. Everyone will be responsible for their own and the righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself. The wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. So we're all individually accountable before God for what we do. You know, we will no longer be punished for one another. Okay. So that kind of goes against this idea um, of being responsible, you know, for um, our, our forefathers' sins. But at the same time, like we had in the previous episode of Marilyn Hickey, generational generational weaknesses or familiar spirits. I believe that, you know, if a, if a grandfather's an alcoholic, maybe the son could experience the same kind of impulse. And we do need to stand on the word of God to see these things broken. It's not a magical prayer that we apply to our lives, but it's standing on the word of God to break patterns that we may see in our family. And it's a lot of it's environmental. Some of it is spiritual. And so let's let's just go to the next scripture that I want to lay a foundation with. Galatians 3, 13, uh, 13 and 14. It says Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So right here, Jesus became a curse for us. Cursed is he who hangs on a tree. He received our curse. He became a curse for us, was crucified to death and rose again in resurrection life. Now we receive that benefit that we do not need to be subject to curses because Jesus died and was cursed on that tree. So we get to experience freedom from curses in our everyday life. Numbers 22, another Old Testament account where a prophet declares that no one can curse whom the Lord has blessed. And as children of God, we are blessed. We are his children. We have the rights and the privileges of children of God. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing, Ephesians 1, 3, and no one can curse whom the Lord has blessed. And so 
Honestly, the one way that we become subject to demonic powers and curses is when we live in fear and we do not live in faith in the word of God. We subject ourselves to the elements around us when we're cowering in fear, when we're living in doubt, when we're not emboldened by faith, trusting in what the word of God says, because the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a double-edged sword. The word of God, everything else is going to pass away, but the word of God will remain forever. It is the word of God that emboldens us and causes us to manifest all the good things that God has in our lives. And so we could live in fear of these things and we will be subject to them, but we need to stand up in faith knowing what the word of God says. You do not need to be subject to whatever's going on in your family. You are responsible for yourself alone and Christ became a curse for us so that you do not need to have any kind of curse or negative sinful patterns in your life. And no one can curse. No one can speak evil and curse us when the Lord has blessed us. That is powerful because especially being on the mission field, I've experienced that where like people get scared of witch doctors or people that are demonically possessed or whatever, feeling like, oh man, maybe some kind of curse will jump on me or if they say something against me, it'll affect me. If you have that mentality, you might be affected by it. But if you have the mentality of no, I am a child of God. No one can curse me because the Lord has blessed me. I have the authority and power of Jesus Christ. The spirit of God lives on the inside of me. All these things are underneath my feet. I crush Satan on the, you know, I, you know, the Bible says that the God of peace crushes Satan under our feet. And so we have to stand in faith to see the fullness of God's blessing and the fullness of what Christ accomplished for us, the provision of God manifests in our lives. And so that being said, leaving that foundation in the word of God, let me talk about now that I kind of brought up things that I believe are, you know, not scriptural and kind of laying a scriptural foundation here. I believe in the power of inner healing. I believe in getting alone with God. I believe in allowing the Lord to highlight unforgiveness in our heart or maybe a word um, or things that people have spoken over us um, that may have wounded us or hurt us or, you know, different life experiences, you know, that develop mentalities on the inside of us that need to be changed and transformed. You know, I'm not really going to be talking about the renewing of the mind as much where we have to renew our mind with the word of God, but mainly talking about the healing of the heart. And this is an analogy I honestly got from the book, The Shack, um, by author William Paul Young. I believe he really dives in beautifully and deeply into our hearts. And, you know, uh, the main character in the book was a wounded individual that needed the Holy Spirit to come in and pluck up lies and to to plant truth on the inside. And so this is an analogy I often use, and I really, I pulled it from the shack, but our soul can be compared to a garden. So if you think about your soul, if you think about your heart, it can be compared to a garden. And this garden, listen, it needs serious work. Okay, that's where inner healing and the renewing of the mind comes in. And in this analogy, the Holy Spirit is the master gardener. And the more we grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, our intimacy with him and give him access to the things of our hearts, he can have his way. He starts pulling up the weeds, which are lies we believe. I'm stupid. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm always going to be poor. Nobody likes me. God blesses everybody else except me. I am useless. You know, all these lies that we believe about ourselves, as we grow in our relationship with God, he begins to highlight these things in our prayer life, throughout our lives, throughout our day, because he wants us to partner with the Holy Spirit to say, you know what? That's not true according to the word of God. That's not true according to how you see me, according to the scriptures. And we allow through our relationship with him and through our prayer dialogue with God, we allow him to pull these lies, these weeds out of our heart and that, that, that choke away our life. 
you know, these these weeds of deceptive philosophies and thought processes, things we've believed, spoken over ourselves. He, he begins to pluck these up and he begins to pour truth into us. And the more we abide in his word and and, and search the word of God for answers and solutions to our issues and our, and our thought processes, we begin to meditate on the word of God. We begin to mutter the word of God, speak the word of God over ourselves. Every time a lie tries to creep into our minds, we get to stand on the word and meditate on the word, contemplate the word of God. So that's the renewing of the mind. And we have a large role to play in the renewing of our minds and the healing of our hearts. We don't do it alone. You know, that's huge. We're not doing it alone. It is a sacred partnership. You and the Holy Spirit are doing it together. You can't do it on your own. He's the one that empowers you. Invite him into these areas of your life just in prayer. You know, we work together and we partner with the Holy Spirit to remove what hinders intimacy with him and what hinders fulfilling our divine purposes. And I'm going to give you a couple examples in my own life, and then I think we're going to go to a part two here, and I'll get more practical in part two on exactly what to do and how to co- uh, how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in this sacred partnership. You know, um, when I was in high school, uh, the first girl that I really liked a lot, and I felt like I, you know, was in love or whatever, you know, we're teenagers, are you really in love? Probably not. But, you know, um, she wound up over time cheating on me, and I remember I developed this thought process and I said to myself, I remember this vow. I, I said to myself, you can't trust women. I just said that and I believed it. It was a vow that I believed and it became a foundation or a conviction or a core belief of mine. Okay. And then that unfortunately um, bubbled up into, you know, relationships after that where I would just be jealous. I would be, you know, mistrusting. I didn't I, I couldn't trust because in my mind, the foundation of the bedrock was you can't trust women. And when I got saved, when I encountered the Lord and went to Bible school, as I spent time with God and sat in on some inner healing sessions and spoke to some people that really allowed an environment to be cultivated where you could talk to God about these things, um, God began to bring this up. And he said, you vowed that you can't trust women. That became a core belief system of yours. And I, that's just simply not true. I need you to believe, and this is what I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I need you to renounce that, and I want you to believe that I have the perfect one out there for you that you can trust. I've got somebody out there for you that you can trust, and that not every woman is like the one that, you know, that, that did you wrong back, back when. And you need to be able to trust that and believe in my heart, my integrity, and my intentions for you, that it wouldn't give you a bad thing. And so I had to literally in prayer just say, Lord, I'm sorry. And I renounce the lie that I can't trust women. And I accept the truth and the reality that you have someone for me who will love me and care for me and, you know, and, and be a trustworthy person. And I had to work through that. Did it magically go away? Did that thought of those feelings magically go away? Sometimes it does. I believe in instant breakthrough, but in this situation, I had to continually just allow the Lord to renew my mind with truth. Whenever the lie came in, I would have to come in with the truth and I would just, you know, speak that over myself. There were also, when I was in my high school days, I worked for my father, but I was a punk. I spiked my hair. I was into drugs and partying, sex, drugs, rock and roll. And uh, I was literally a punk. I was in the punk rock scene and I believed in all that. You know, I was in that world. And there was this guy that worked for my father. And he, uh, he said to me, um, do you know that your father's ashamed of you? Literally said that to me. And uh, in the moment, I was like, forget about you, man. And I just like walked away, like pretending like it didn't bother me or affect me, but I received it. In the moment, um, I said to myself, you know, I guess that's true. 
you know, like, yeah, I imagine he would be, you know, I'm not the uh, prized child right now. And so when I was in prayer and I asked the Lord, is there anything you want to deal with right now? He brought to my memory that moment where the guy said that to me. And the Lord told me that, um, I not only carried that in my relationship with my earthly dad, but I also carried that in my relationship with him that I felt like if I wasn't performing perfectly or living up to this certain standard, according to the word of God, then the Lord would be ashamed of me or disappointed in me or whatever. And so the Lord had to heal that. And that took a little bit of time, but I had a moment where I cried it out and I was with the Lord and he spoke life and truth into me. Okay. And so these are times in my life where the Lord shifted my heart and brought healing to me and I've become a whole and better person because of it. And I believe, especially now with the, with the, with the, you know, atmosphere of what's taking place in the world, so many people that are hurt, you know, racial tensions and baggage and COVID-19 and, you know, financial things that are taking place in the world, you know, the church, you know, we're hurting more than ever before, you know, the restrictions on faith and church and all this, everything that's taking place, so many transitions and shifts taking place in the world right now, you know, and, and before all this happened, you know, the, the church needed this, this ministry of healing of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, like we need to focus on this and we need to allow ourselves to become close and intimate with the Holy Spirit and to allow him into the to, to the hurtful places so that we can see liberation and light come into our lives in greater ways. And so this is part one of my uh, teaching series here on inner healing. And so um, we will have part two. Uh, keep an eye out for it. Uh, probably won't be the next episode, but the one after that, where I will break down some more practical ways. And so bless you guys. Thank you so much for being with me today. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, encouraged, strengthened, and challenged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys. Until next time, I will talk to you on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know Him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering Him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter His presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org. LifePoredOutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on Amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so, bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.